You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and on today's show, Happy to have John Kegley on the show, one of the original founding members of the Lockdown Chargers podcast. We are three writers who got our start covering the Chargers for San Diego sports domination. And for the past six years, we've been covering them doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Well, welcome into a free agency frenzy Friday. A lot to get into on today's show, but first, let me just thank everyone who is checking out the show for the first time. We really appreciate it, and a special thank you to all of our loyal fans coming back and checking back in with us again. We've done a ton of free agency Fridays, and on today's show, we're going to be focusing on who is left out there because I think we all know that the Chargers have a lot of needs that need to be filled. So we put it out on Twitter to see who you guys would bring in if you only had one person that you could bring in that's still available in free agency. And we got a lot of responses from you guys. So today we are going to be talking about guys like Jadavion Clowney, who is one of the most mentioned guys. Not something I really expected there, but a bunch of other guys too. Steven Nelson, Geno Atkins, a bunch of different guys we're going to get into. And then at the end of the show, we're going to be talking about our favorite guys that are out there that would be good fits for the Chargers that are still remaining that hopefully the Chargers can get something done over the weekend. So let's go ahead and get into it. One of the names that I saw on the free agency wish list from Chargers fans on Twitter, and you can find our Twitter at LockedOnLAC if you want to contribute to the conversations. But the one that surprised me probably the most was Jadavian Clowney, just because obviously the Chargers just brought in a pass rusher and outside linebacker and Kyler Fackrell. Not the same position, really. I mean, he would be on the defensive line playing a defensive end in the 3-4 that the Chargers are going to be running now. But either way, I mean, Jadavian Clowney seems to be the guy that sits out of free agency for most of the free agency period and then ends up latching on to a team for, you know, double digits, millions of dollars. And David, this is someone that at the price tag, he's probably still waiting out for, even though he's not coming off of a very productive season stats-wise probably would be a little bit out of the Chargers price range or at least what they'd be willing to pay someone at this point that's not a starting corner or a starting left tackle but as far as a defensive disruptor a guy that you can put on that line with Joey Bosa, Chen Wosu, Kyler Fackrell when you're talking about a pass rush and also the fact that he can really get away with only getting pressures when you have other guys like that to clean it up I definitely understand why Chargers fans would want to bring in a disruptive player like this. Well, and he's got a viral video from his college football days as well. I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's pretty phenomenal. But no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, honestly, the biggest deterrent for the Chargers is going to be the money with Jadavian Clowney. The last contract he signed was a one-year $13 million deal, which gave him a $6.25 million signing bonus. I mean, that's a lot of money. I mean, 11 and a half in guarantees for one year for a guy who has had some productive years, but I, I would say the, the only way you could really describe his career is up and down. I mean, he's, he's shown some patches where he's been 
extremely dominant and a guy who just doesn't seem like he can be blocked. But then there's many other times and sometimes other seasons where it seems like he just kind of gets washed away and he he kind of just disappears. And that's not what you're looking for for a guy who is looking for money in the 10 plus million per year type of area. So for Jadavian Clowney is as attractive as the name is and you know what he has done from time to time I don't think it justifies the amount of money that is going to be required for Jadavian Clowney services well if you look on spot track they have a prediction of a one-year 8.2 million dollar deal so I think the question would be where would you draw the line on what money you would give Clowney if the Chargers where to go for him. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking to me, I mean, I, I think it, uh, the only contract that I'm really comfortable giving Jadavian Clowney is something where incentives are highly tied into the contract. And the reason for that is because, you know, there's a couple of nine sack seasons, but there's a couple of four and below sack seasons too, which, which one are you going to get? And how am I going to be able to motivate Jadavian Clowney to be able to go out there and perform at his best? So I'm saying, Hey, you know, you get 10 sacks, you get this amount of incentive. If you get 15, then, you know, you'll get even more. So it's just, Hey, I mean, if we can motivate him and he goes out there and earns all that money that way, I feel a whole lot better about it. Yeah, I mean, for him, I think the biggest story has been his, you know, pressure that he's been able to force and all of those things haven't always added up with his sack numbers, right? And then over the last two years, he only has three sacks between Seattle and Tennessee. And during that time, he's also missed 11 games as well. So I think if there was a time where you're going to get him the cheapest, it might be right now, especially with what the market is right now for these free agent edge rushers. The fact that the cap has been so destroyed by COVID and all those things and has gone down for the first time ever in the NFL, you know, since they've been doing the salary cap. So I do think it's unlikely. I mean, yes, if you were to get a deal, you know, 4 million with up to, you know, seven and a half, eight million in incentives, I could probably wrap my mind around that a little bit and it would seem a little bit more feasible, but it just seems like he's going to stick it out until he gets some money out there. And I mean, Carlos Dunlap just signed for somewhere around 8 million, I believe a season. So it's hard to imagine he would come in for you know much less than that, given his age and given the fact that he does have you know some productive years under his belt. But another guy that was mentioned a lot is another guy that we've talked about a lot, John, and that's Malik Hooker. And I mean, maybe you know people are putting on there because we've talked about this guy so much. But thought that the Chargers need a safety in free agency it might be overblown a little bit. I mean, I would feel much better if they went into the draft having at least a veteran safety that you could get average play from. It would really change it so that you wouldn't have to force a cornerback pick early on, even though you probably should, regardless of if you pick him. But I think the other thing is, too, is obviously there's the Derwin James injury history. He's a free safety, so he wouldn't really be able to fill in all of that. I mean, if he gets hurt, the next strong safety on the roster is a low heat Gilman. But what would you think if the Chargers decided to make a little splash here and go for a former first-round pick who's trying to bounce back? It depends on what he's looking for because, as you said, he's a former first-round pick, so he might value himself too high. But if he's humble and looking to prove himself despite his injury history and not really living up to that draft pick as well, because I know we all wanted him on the Chargers at one point. We were going, we got to go for him, go for Hooker, go for Hooker. Yep. But if he gets, if he's reasonable with his contracts, I would think it's a great pickup. And I'd be willing to go a two-year deal as well. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but – I'd like to give him two years, one year to 
find his way with the playbook. And then the second year is you're going to prove it now. Either you're going to be part of this team for another three or four years or you basically are going to have to go find your way somewhere else while we use our draft picks or whatever we did with another safety. You've got a guy who's a ball hawk and has a pretty good football IQ as well, could make a good read on play. So it it would be a good gamble for the team. And he's only 24 years old too, so he's still very young. And just because he had a couple of, of down years to start his career doesn't mean that maybe a change of scenery in front of a new coaching staff might showcase what he is actually capable of doing. I mean, we see it all the time where players leave one organization, go to another one, and they figure something out, and then, bam, they unlock that potential that everybody saw from them in college. I think Malik Hooker, he has that ball hockey mentality and that ability. He has interceptions every year of his career. If he gets with Brandon Staley and that defensive coaching staff and they figure something out with him, I mean, it, it could be a great pick. Yeah, the thing that would interest me about Malik Hooker is what that would do as far as Nazir Adderley. Does he maybe get some reps at corner now? Are they interested in trying something like that? I mean, it definitely gives you more freedom because you could even, you know, have Nazir Adderley and Malik Hooker back there as your split safeties and be able to move Derwin James around in the slot or as a linebacker or wherever you'd like him. And Malik Hooker was brought up by Zach Marincic and Electric Eckler. So thank you guys. Jadavion Kalani, we had a few, but Blue Blitz, T-Sizzle, and Rocky Falboa, thank you guys for chiming in on it. We do have a few more that I want to get to that you guys talked about, so in the next segment, we're going to be getting into a guy in Steven Nelson, who was just released and could help the Chargers on the outside. Geno Atkins, a productive defensive interior player that the Chargers have been missing out on on a while, and much more coming up right after this, but first I need to tell you guys, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. Right now, guys, it's March Madness. It's the best time to bet. And if you guys aren't already, there's so many options on there for you guys to bet on a little team for them to win you a big money in the tournament. And those are the bets that I always look for because I'm trying to bet a little and win a lot. And you can do that with betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. And it's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus from betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, well, I just want to thank everyone again who contributed to us on Twitter when we put out there who is the one free agent that you would bring in at this point in free agency with the Chargers. Now in the bargain bin trying to find smaller names to come in on smaller contracts as that spending space shrinks for them a little bit. But they still find themselves in a pretty good position as far as the purse strings go. I mean, they still have a little bit of wiggle room as far as what they can spend. It's not out of the question that they're able to bring a guy in for, you know, six, seven, eight million dollars per season, especially with the way they set up the contract. But now I want to get into some other guys that you mentioned. And it's one that is exciting because it's a guy that came open late in free agency and is now at a position of great need for the Chargers, and that is Steven Nelson, who is obviously formerly with the Chiefs and then spent the last couple of years with the Steelers. His cap hit was going way up this year, and now he finds himself on the market at a time when the Chargers are missing a starter at the outside cornerback position, depending on how you feel about Brandon Faison and Tavon Campbell. But John, this one is interesting because this is a guy that was purely cut due to cap reasons, right? I mean, it wasn't because he was playing terribly that he got cut. The Pittsburgh Steelers found themselves in a situation where they can keep him. And just like that, after, you know, some of the big 
starting corners like Kyle Fuller, Adoree Jackson, guys like that come off the market. Now Steven Nelson is sitting out there ready to be picked up for the right price. And it would be a big upgrade over Brennan Faison. I don't care what anybody says or how hopeful you are for him. I would hope that nobody would ever argue that. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's a certain someone I won't name that probably would, but... uh, I would like to I would like to believe that if the Chargers were to go after this pick, it would actually solve your cornerback problem for the season and you, then you just need depth. You just need to draft a new rookie, maybe in the second or third round, and that would be your guy for when Nelson leaves. Maybe, maybe not, but in the end you would have a solution for the season, just for the season at least. And whatever you do with the draft the next two years, or even if you happen to find a big splash like a Casey Hayward signing next year in the in free agency, whatever the situation is, that's a problem for next year. But if you get Steven Nelson, your situation at corner is fixed for this season. So I say you got to go for it. As long as it's not an overwhelming contract, I say go for it. Yeah, and that was brought to us from Eric Waite, LA Football Network. Both chimed in as a guy that they would bring in. I'd be a big fan of it. I mean, especially for a guy who's been pretty durable over the past three seasons. He's played at least 15 games in each season. He's also a guy that's gotten better, too. He played in a really good defense with the Steelers over the last couple of seasons. But I watched some of his film, seeing him on the outside and knowing how limited the options are right now at outside corner for the Chargers in free agency. He was definitely somebody that I would be looking into, especially because You know, like you talked about with Malik Hooker, a two-year deal, right? I mean, really, that second year is basically a team option, right? You could either decide to cut them before the next season, or you could, you know, have them be so irreplaceable that they're going to make that money in the second season, and you can keep them around. If they wanted to sign Steven Nelson to a two- or three-year deal so that he can jump back in while he's still pretty young, I would definitely be okay with it, especially because of what that would allow you to do financially but last season he ended up allowing only a passer rating of 82.3 according to pro football focus he had two interceptions and he is someone that you know misses some tackles but i'd say he's an average tackling corner and we'll get a big hit from time to time but definitely a guy i'd be interested in if i was the chargers let's get he to also knows the afc west too i mean that's another underrated part of his game as he played with the chiefs and he's familiar with that team so that level of experience is also something that's underrated yeah, and the next one that I was surprised to see a couple of people actually talk about was Garyon Conley, who was brought up by Mark Hester, was brought up by Anthony Hopper. This is a very interesting one because it's the guy who had all the talent in the world, and normally if he has anything as far as you know criminal past, the Chargers are going to pass on that 100% of the time for the most part. But for him, all the accusations that were made against him, no Chargers came from it. He was pretty much clear by the time he ended up with the Raiders. And then after spending a couple of years there, he was traded to the Texans for a third round pick. For a third round pick, he played much better with the Texans, David, even though it was only an eight game sample size. And then he missed the entire 2020 season. So this is obviously a guy that would have to come in very cheap, but you would also be trying to, you know, find or reclaim that first round potential that he was drafted because of. Yeah, I mean, 
with the Chargers and Tom Telesco, it's just so atypical of them to really mess with anyone that has any off-field issues, even if they were cleared. It's just something that they just don't do. And whenever those situations do arrive, they cut ties very, very, very quickly. So if they were to bring him in, it would definitely be a prove-it deal, very low money. But it would be an opportunity to rebuild his value. I mean, he's still young. He still has some skills, right? I mean, he got drafted high for a reason, although it was by the Raiders, and we know how badly (laughs) they draft in the first round. But uh, Garyon Conley, I think, like I said, if it's low money and you're just looking to get an opportunity to try to rebuild some value, then, yes, I'd take a flyer on him. But if he's looking for anything more than a a, a mil, too, I mean, I'm, I'm out on it. Yeah, I mean, it's not somebody that would be very high on my list. I mean, this would be strictly someone you're bringing in. You would still have to feel like you have to bring in a pretty good corner in the draft to start the season with because you just don't know where you're going to get out of this guy. And plus, he's never played a full 16-game season. He's only played in 31 total games out of a possible 64 over his first four years and missed all of 2020 due to ankle surgery complications. But when he was with the Texans, though, you know, only six and a half yards allowed per target, only allowed a quarterback rating of 87.1. I mean, he definitely seemed to be turning somewhat of a corner when he was there in that limited sample size. But yes, I mean, that's the definition of low risk, high reward as far as what that contract would look like. And I mean, hey, if you're just bringing in guys to compete for that job, the more competition, the better. So The last guy I want to get into here with you, John, really quick is a guy that wouldn't help the Chargers on the field very much, but they could decide to try to bring out a guy who is a special teams ace for them once upon a time, which is a Nick DeZubner. What would you think about a Nick DeZubner reunion? I would like that. We need special teams guys that were once good, especially since we're going to have a good special teams coordinator finally, at least we're hoping so. We are... The Chargers. Once you get your hopes up, they get crushed. But it has to be better than George Stewart. I, I need, I need, I need Daniel Wade. Knock on wood, because I'm not near me. Yep, there we go. To make sure I don't curse the special teams coordinator. But oh, uh, no. I would like to have Dezuner back. And if you draft yourself a gunner and you have Dezuner resign, you're starting to build your special teams up. I would like it. As long as there's a guarantee that he doesn't come anywhere close to the football field on defense then I'm game. If you bring him in for special teams value and let him fly around like a demon and go collect tackles and go collect souls on the on special teams, then I am all for it. Well, you can't guarantee no injuries. Yeah, I mean, he actually got on the field a little bit for the Titans and was like really you know, well-graded by pro football focus. It's one of the most surprising things that I've ever seen. But at some point, you're going to have to bring in guys specifically for the sole purpose of special teams. So if it's between, you know, like last year, if you had Nick DeZubner instead of a Mecca Boule, who got in a little bit as an outside linebacker, but if you would have had that production on special teams all season, that probably would have done the Chargers more good than Boule did sitting on the bench for most of that season. But I do think it is interesting just because he was a good special teams player for the Chargers. He is available as of now, and obviously you're trying to really do much better than they did last year. He's not a gunner, though, and that was, you know, as they have talked about the team, that is one of their biggest issues, but... We do have one more segment to get into because there are some guys that you guys brought up and also some guys that we love that are still available to the Chargers. But before we do that, I need to tell you guys that the biggest tournament in the world is happening right now. The brackets are busting. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bar Madness right now at BuiltBar.com. The best protein bars on the planet are facing off 
in a Roman Coliseum type duel. And the good flavors are making it through for the most part. It's been a very competitive tournament. There's definitely been some major upsets. And one of the upsets I think has to be, you know, birthday cake. It's one that I wasn't super familiar with. I've tried it since then. That has now made a run all the way till now and is now going up against Cookie Dough Chunk, which is a fan favorite, you know, number one seed, got a first round by all those things. So this is going to be a tough matchup. I love Cookie Dough. I love birthday cake. I mean, I think I'm going birthday cake here. I like the white chocolate on the outside. All Bilt Bars are 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew, but these ones are white chocolate, which is what I like. I'm going birthday cake. to make another surprise run right now, get another victory, and keep moving on. But of course, you guys can save 15% on your next order when you use the promo code LOCKED15 at BiltBar.com, which is also where you can go vote on your favorite bar to make sure the right bar wins. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word, to save 15% off your next order at BiltBar.com. All right, guys, well, now it's time to get into some guys that we see still out there on the market that are available that we would want the Chargers to target. And I think we agreed with a lot of the ones that you guys wrote in about, too. And some of the guys mentioned on here were also mentioned by you guys as well. And I'll start here because one of the guys that I was upset got stolen from me during this, you know, Twitter post where you guys posted about him was Geno Atkins, David, because this is a guy I've appreciated from afar Another guy who's obviously an aging defensive tackle. I don't think it would cost very much to bring him in at this point. And I know that hasn't historically worked out for the Chargers. But I also don't think that either Limbaugh Joseph or Brandon Mebane in this example really had the pedigree of Geno Atkins, who was an absolute menace. I mean, Chargers fans saw it, you know, whenever they played them. I mean, he seemed like he was all over Phillip Rivers and just absolutely wrecking the game plan for the Chargers. Now he's become available after struggling in 2020. He had a August shoulder injury that he tried to play through and ended up getting put on injured reserve eight games in without a sack and only one tackle to his name. But he was brought up by Zach Whitaker and Michael Martin, so I appreciate you guys being on the same wavelength as me. Before this last injured year, he had four and a half sacks in 2019 and then 39 sacks from 2015 to 2018 and I've just been a guy that's sat here and said the Chargers need more pass rush on the interior if they wanted to take a flyer on a guy like Geno Atkins or even Jarrell Casey I mean there's some aging defensive tackles that are out there but what do you think of Geno Atkins David? I mean I'd love it I mean Geno Atkins at one point was one of the most disruptive interior defenders in the NFL I mean a guy who would just eat your lunch a guy who was great against the run was a, a true pass rusher from the inside. I mean, I think if he's able to just recapture, you know, 75, 80% of that, I think you would be extremely happy with that value. I mean, the, the Chargers have never brought in a guy on the interior that has a pedigree of success and a, and a track record of being a true disruptor in the middle of the, of the defensive line since probably Jamal Williams. So if they bring a guy in like Geno Atkins, I definitely would not be opposed to it. If he's able, if, if he's healthy, number one, and if he's still motivated to go out there and continue to get things done. But a guy for me who I think would, would be awesome if they were able to bring him in a, a, a giant corner, a guy who is just about as big as Michael Davis. And if they they have both these guys on the outsides. I think you you would love it. Quentin Dunbar, the the Seattle Seahawks former corner. Uh, I mean, this guy's phenomenal. I mean, last year he had a down year. He was hurt. He only had five pass breakups and an interception in six games. But if you go to 2019, 
the stats are, are wow. I mean, it's the wow factor. I mean, if you look on Pro Football Focus, 87.6 overall grade and a nearly elite coverage grade of 89.5, which is just fantastic. He had 16 stops, four interceptions. I mean, just a year removed from 2020, he was one of the elite corners in the NFL. So if you're able to bring him in on a reasonable contract, he's still pretty young. He's only 28 years old. I think you would love if Quentin Dunbar returns to that 2019 form and you get that version. I think it would be crazy for the Chargers defense. I mean, I think if you're talking about the corners that are still out there on the market right now, Quentin Dunbar would have to be a guy that's on your radar just because he has starting experience. He's a guy that could come in and you feel like you've seen enough of him to know about what you're going to get. I mean, it hasn't all been sunshine and daisies for him, but at the same time, you don't really have a lot of experience there right now. John, where would you be looking as far as a free agent you would want to bring to the Chargers? I was looking at Alden Smith, and I know he has this past history that was really bad, got suspended for like four straight years. But last year in the Cowboys, he played this the whole season without a single problem, was Looks still like the old guy he used to be back in the day, but I think this is a guy that you could have as your like third pass rusher, your rotational piece, and you could probably draft your future pass rusher to play for that third spot like the next year. Nawosu with Bosa and then Alden Smith with maybe a draft pick, and that's your four outside pass rushers for the season. I think it would be a decent pickup. I don't think he's going to cost you a ton of money either. I mean, the analytics loved him last year as far as him pass rushing, right? I mean, I think it would Alden Smith help the Chargers 100%. Would the Chargers do it? Probably close to 0%. I mean, maybe with Brandon Staley coming in, maybe they're just trying to find the best players out there, you know, without thinking too much about the past or just focusing on what they did last year, you know, that recently. But I don't think it would happen. At the same time, it looked like he still has it, right? I mean, it looked like he still has some game left in the tank, but it's just one of those things that can you separate the football from what he's, what has happened to him off the field and the trouble that he's gone in and the chargers have a very, very hard time doing that. Even though, you know, just from a football standpoint, he would probably make your team better. But there's one guy that hasn't really been getting any talk as far as free agency that surprised me a little bit. And that is KJ Wright, just because He's a linebacker. The Chargers obviously signed one linebacker and Kyler Fackrell, but they have, don't really have a coverage linebacker on the roster, and that's what K.J. Wright is known for. I mean, the biggest thing he's come out and said really in free agency is just that he's not taking a hometown discount to go back to Seattle. So I don't know exactly what he's going to be looking for in a slow-moving inside linebacker market, but to me, I mean, it's another guy that I've just admired for so long. As far as a coverage linebacker, even though he's not coming in to be Gus Bradley's linebacker, I still think he fits at least what Brandon Staley wants out of his linebackers as far as getting in passing lanes, being able to make plays in coverage, being able to make tackles in the open field. KJ Wright's a guy that I'm surprised isn't getting a little bit more attention. David, anyone you want to get to? Yeah, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Alejandro Villanueva. I mean, the left tackle from the Steelers who has been nothing but solid in his NFL career. A former Army Ranger we've talked about several times on this show. He's still out there. He could still help the Chargers if, they, if they're if they able to come to an agreement on a reasonable contract. This will allow them to still draft a, still to draft a left tackle early but not have all the pressure 
to have him have to start right away. That way you have somebody in place you feel good about, and you allow this rookie to, to develop, and when he's ready to get on the field, he can get on the field. John, Eric Fisher, Russell Okun, Alejandro Villanueva. Who are you going with? Villanueva, easily, no doubt about it. But I, I want to talk about your KJ Wright pick, though. He is calculated market value on spot tracked is $7.1 million, oh. which I think is easy money for a coverage linebacker that you need. Yeah, I mean, with where their finances are at right now, it's hard to imagine. But at the same time, I mean, that's his market value, but the market really isn't moving anywhere. He's not going to retire, it doesn't seem like, or at least from his public comments. So it would seem like he's going to have to take a deal at some point. And I think that is the thing with Brandon Saley is we always knew that, you know, relationships were going to come into it, right? And I think that as far as the high-priced free agents like, you know, John Johnson or even Troy Hill to a lesser extent, Leonard Floyd, Brandon Staley was probably not going to make a huge impact as far as bringing those guys in, maybe if they really wanted to, but the only signing they really made of that caliber was Corey Lindsley. I do think where Brandon Staley helps you the most is guys that haven't been able to get signed at this point, guys that are realizing that the market isn't where it needs to be for them to make a good size paycheck and realizing I need to go on a one-year deal somewhere, a two-year deal somewhere, build my value back up, and then get a bigger contract. That's something that I think Brandon Staley would be very attractive for as the guy who ran the number one defense in the NFL last year for the Los Angeles Rams. I think if I'm a defender sitting out there and I'm not getting a lot of money coming my way so far on this market, I'm thinking I'm going to go sign a one-year deal in Los Angeles, have an incredible season under the tutelage of Brandon Staley, and make my money again once that TV deal money goes in, once the salary cap raises a little bit more. I think that would be where Brandon Staley could potentially help the most because if I was one of those guys and I'm thinking, hey, who is going to make me the most money if I'm signing a one-year deal? I think Brandon Staley, especially defensively, would be at the top of the list. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Another great week with you guys. We appreciate you guys checking out the show. We'll be back with you guys on Monday for another Mock Draft Monday and the latest in free agency. But until then... Make sure to go follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page LockedOnChargers, as well as giving us a follow on our new Instagram page, which you can find at LockedOnChargers. If you don't already, make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find the LockedOnChargers podcast there. You can also find us on the Radio.com app or give us a follow on Spotify or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. That's always the fastest and easiest way to get the show. If you guys want to get your voices on the show, the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line is 323-524-7924. And as we keep going next week, guys, we're going to definitely get in some voicemails, so make sure you guys get them in. But we'll be back with you guys on Monday. Thanks again for listening. So make sure to check back in with us for Mock Draft Monday and the latest in Chargers free agency. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.